welcome in everyone to the Chasing Trails podcast. You are listening to Brandon Thompson and Jeff LeBlanc as we uh, spend some time just breaking down trail running and all things uh, involving the trails, as well as just some of the extra things in life that make us smile. And so as we get together today, Jeff, how you doing, man? How's things going? I am good. Coming off of a, a recent trip to the island with some of my best friends. Uh, we had a lot of good laughs. We played some golf, hung out with Michael McPhail and some of the guys from our apartment 11, uh, old days. And, uh, it was a great time. That's right. So, so for those of you who, who don't know Jeff or his history, explain to me the whole apartment 11, uh, like ethos, like what, like tell, break it down for us. Like what was apartment 11 like, and what, what's that all about? Apartment 11 was an apartment, obviously, in university where the door was never locked and everyone was welcome. And so if you had no place to be, even if you had a place to be, but you didn't want to be there, you could always go to apartment 11. And so we had four buddies who lived there and uh, we skipped a lot of classes. and We spent a lot of time sitting on the couch, watching baseball, hockey, uh, doing whatever we did, eating pizza and doing stupid things late at night and uh, <laughs> it was an excellent place to be. And so at any time of the day, you could just know that the door was unlocked and you could just go and hang out. That's right. And so those guys, the people who hung out there the most, generally speaking, you know, uh, the guys who's either didn't have a girlfriend or they lived in a different city because the rest of the guys were with their girlfriends. <laughs> generally all those guys hung out together at the apartment and yeah. we had a great time. Yeah, it was. It's uh, what I appreciate about your apartment eleven guys, uh, because I wasn't in part, apartment eleven. Uh, was uh, th- the collection of characters that make up apartment eleven is probably a podcast episode in itself. Like oh. bringing together all those people, <laughs> the sto- some of the stories that we would be able to share uh, are just phenomenal. I don't know that we'd be able to share many of the stories about people losing their jobs oh, that's in today's true. world. True. Yeah. I mean, the world has changed. The world back then would have found some of the stuff we did funny. The world today would have not found it that funny at all. Yeah. So, I so, don't know. It'd be, it might be a silent podcast uh, if he did right. that. Redacted. But, uh, You'd have to, like, bleep out all the details. Yeah. I paid rent at your in-laws, but I mostly lived at the apartment. That's true. <laughs> so, it was a pretty good deal for Dad and Louise, too, right? So. Oh, man. Anyway, so uh, thanks to the Apartment 11 guys for keeping uh, Jeff safe over the weekend. Uh, but the question is, did you get any training in? Did you get any of your – because you prepped for for Looney Loops, which is coming right around the corner here at the end of August. So yeah. how are you feeling about that going into it, Jeff? That's good. I'm feeling good. I mean, uh, I say that right now. I have this, like, uh, I don't know, this this belief that I'm I'm going to be able to do it. It's going to be good. But this yep. this podcast will probably air, like, the night before Looney Loops. So it's going to be a fresh wound if I don't do it. But <laughs> yeah, <that's> anyway, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done a lot of running. I didn't on that weekend, obviously. Uh, there was certain things that would have kept me from running that weekend. But um, they uh, – you know, the last four weeks I've, I've gotten in like 70, 75 miles, uh, running. So that's, that's a lot for me. Maybe mm. for some people that's not much, but, uh, uh, and that's over, you know, I kept, I kept, uh, the frequency of running lower so that I was doing, uh, longer runs, mm-hmm. usually, usually 10 miles or more. So usually 15 to 18 kilometers. 
I did a couple back-to-backs, uh, back-to-back 15s um, on like a Friday night, Saturday morning. And so they all went pretty surprisingly well, um, except for the last one, where for some reason my calves cramped up and the stairs weren't my friends for two days. And so oh, yeah. They've now released themselves, and uh, and I need to do something about this whole cramping deal. But uh, not yeah. to give anything away, we might, we might get some of those answers uh, later on in this podcast. That's right. So... Uh, we have, uh, Catherine Lafort, who's going to be sharing with us. She is a dietitian at the St. John Regional Hospital, and she has graciously, uh, uh, decided to come and, and, and chat with us at the, on the podcast, just to talk about nutrition on a deeper level, because this is something that Jeff and I will continually need to keep unpacking. Um, and so it's, uh, it's going to be great conversation, but Jeff, I wanted to tell you about uh, my training run. Cause I, I texted you about this too. I, I went and did, uh, some loops around the Irving nature park. Uh, and I've never experienced this before. It was something new for me. Uh, I went and I, I have weak ankles to begin with. And so I'm constantly just kind of rolling my ankles um, and I'm working on that, but, uh, I, I really rolled my ankle on the, on like a neutral spot. Like it was just an easy part of the path and I somehow rolled it pretty bad, but I, I fell and I, I fell hard enough that I set off my like emergency incident, uh, <laughs> alarm on my, on my watch. Oh, no I've, way. I've never done that before. Like I've never fallen hard enough that I'm like, like it was going to call 911. And I don't so think we I was, should be excited about that, but for some reason I am. But yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I was thrilled that it worked. I was like, oh, that actually does work. So I, uh, I had to turn it off within ten seconds, or it was going to call nine one one. So I was like, man, that is some slick the way it works. I, I kind of want to fall down again to see what it takes to set it off. Like, what kind of? I don't know what was different about this than like a normal fall because I've fallen before, and it's not. Was this the off. first time you've fallen with your new watch though? Because you got a new Garmin watch before you had the Apple Watch, right? That's right. So, so maybe maybe that's what it is. But yeah. I, I feel. By the way, it's a milestone. Did you get a Garmin badge for it? That oh. would be awesome. Why wouldn't they do that? That is such a good one. That is you, excellent. You have received a new badge. That's Almost right. died. Yeah, that's right. It'd be cool if it was like like the Reaper, like the Grim Reaper, <laughs> like on the badge or whatever. It's like I'm, you survived. You survived. You ran oh. again after this. Good job. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's got to be, like, worth five points, too. Like, that's got to be a big oh, one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. No doubt. Garmin, get to work on that one. That one could be, right? a, like, a real good we one. We should be in the marketing department. Like, we could make yeah. some money. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, we will uh, we'll get to our conversation with Catherine here. But just a reminder, too, if you're enjoying the podcast – Leave a review on Apple or uh, make sure you're sharing it on Spotify. And uh, please, we want to welcome you into the Instagram conversation as well. Uh, we'd love to be able to uh, to chat with you. And so please, um, we've got some things that we're working on to kind of help with our Instagram page and getting that out there. And so we're going to look forward to sharing that with you in a couple of, of weeks maybe. Um, but we want to get the word out about the podcast as well. So please, uh, if you can share that, that we would, we would really appreciate it. Um, and so we want to, uh, without further ado, we'll turn it over to our conversation with Catherine LaFleur.
Welcome in everyone to our conversation with Catherine LaFour. Catherine is a dietitian uh, based in St. John at the St. John Regional Hospital, and she's here to talk to us about nutrition. And so we want to welcome you in, Catherine, into the Chasing Trail studio. We're so glad you could spend some time with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. We are thrilled to have you here because Jeff and I are both like exploding with questions. Uh, and so we want to just get started off, though, by just by asking you to, uh, you know, ex- describe yourself a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into trail running? How does that fit in with your, your career path and, and all that kind of stuff? So just kind of fill us in on who you are a little bit, Catherine. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I've loved running my whole life. Uh, I discovered at a pretty young age that I was naturally good at sprinting. Um, so that got me involved in a lot of sports while growing up, you know, especially sports that involved running like soccer, uh, track and field. Um, it isn't until about six years ago that I really got into longer distances and road running. Um, you know, one day I randomly decided to go for a run and I'd see how far I could go. And I ended up running 17 kilometers. So, uh, so I said, I decided, okay, well, I guess I'll just sign up for a half marathon. (laughs) Um, and and I've done a few half marathons since then. Uh, but the trail running is something that's more new. Um, only maybe in the last two years when I discovered the St. John trail running group, uh, growing up in Cape Breton. I've always loved hiking and outdoor activities. You know, I grew up 15 minutes away from a national park, um, you Mm. know, and I thought that trail running could be a really great way of combining the two activities, um, but also making more friends that had those same interests too. Um, Mm. You know, and when I started running, I didn't know anything about sports nutrition. So I I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, my, My first half marathon I uh, I got up at 4:30 a.m. I drove to Fredericton. That Fredericton half marathon was my first first marathon, and you know I had a, a bowl of oatmeal at 4:30. Uh, didn't eat anything else until the race. <laughs> uh, when I got there at 7:30, I was starving, so I I begged one of the volunteers for a banana, and uh, you know drank some Gatorade throughout the run. But I hadn't trained at all with any fluids, any any electrolyte drinks. So it w- it didn't go, go super well. Um, <laughs> when your first race, your first run goes 17 kilometers where most people like <laughs> hit the wall after training for six months. It yeah. probably went better than you think it did. But uh, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I also made mistakes just in training in general, right? Like I think I was only running once a week. Uh, I was just doing one long run a week. I wasn't doing anything else. Um, But, you know, I always finished my runs feeling super sluggish and, you know, had headaches and flu-like symptoms whenever I did more than 12 kilometers. And, you know, I never knew why, but I actually found out that I just wasn't fueling those runs properly. So, you know, I'm hoping that maybe today, too, I can share some of the information I learned because once I started, uh, you know, better strategizing my fueling for the runs, I felt so much better and it made a huge difference um in my performance so anything that i can do that can help anyone else so they don't have to go through what i did uh, but yeah. uh yeah my my interest in nutrition's a whole other kind of a whole other story but they definitely tie together in some ways um you know when i was younger my diet really wasn't all that balanced 
Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I grew up in a household that had a pretty neutral view on food. So I was never shamed on my food choices or my body image, um, thankfully. But, you know, I, I really loved eating. Uh, and I often tended to overindulge, uh, which left me feeling pretty sick. Uh, when you're younger, you can kind of get away with that. You know, you can eat like a whole you know, package of brownies uh, one night with your friends and feel fine. But as you start to get older, you know, you can't really get away with that so well. And uh, I started developing a lot of digestive issues in high school um, and, you know, started to recognize that and tried to make healthier choices, um, was trying to manage those symptoms too. Um, but, uh, you know, something that, uh, that ended up happening, and this is not something that a lot of people know about me, but, uh, I ended up developing an eating disorder. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it was pretty, uh, kind of happened really slowly. It, you know, I didn't know at the time that I had an eating disorder. And I think a part of the issue is that there wasn't a lot of awareness around uh, eating disorders too. So, you know, I thought that because I was still eating and, you know, I wasn't starving myself because unfortunately the digestive issues were also cutting my appetite a lot too. Um, you know, I thought that I was fine um, and, and I didn't really seek any help until it started to really, uh, you know, go go a bit into a deeper direction where it really started to impact me. But, um, you know, I thought it would be something important to bring up today, too, just because it also played a huge role in my career choice um, and also a big impact on my perspective today on diet and nutrition. Uh, I also wanted to mention it, too, just because it's actually a lot more uh, prevalent in runners and athletes in general. So, um, you know, just to recognize too that uh, the kind of messages that we can surround ourselves with uh, when it comes to diet, um, you know, there can be a really slippery slope around, you know, wanting to be healthy and then for it to maybe go too much the other way. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that maybe uh, I can share some of my perspective as well on, you know, how you know, how to maybe achieve a better balance and uh, that that could also uh, be, a, a, yeah, a good thing to to talk about too. Yeah. Well, I think you, you provided a good segue because one of the things that, that we're trying to figure out and one of the things that we're, we're trying to learn, uh, Jeff and I, is is whether nutrition for runners, is it is it different than uh, someone who just a normal person who's not as, as active or involved in kind of like the, even the long distance runners versus like shorter distance runners. So like, and if that's the case, like what makes it different? Like what, how do we need to eat if we're running like that? Yeah. So, I mean, generally, I mean, general health eating recommendations would still apply to runners too, but uh, when it comes to nutrition for, I mean, I would say any athlete, not just runners necessarily either, um, there's definitely going to be a higher emphasis maybe on more eating more carbs. Um, so having a higher carb intake, especially where that's the body's preferred source of fuel for those types of uh, that type of training. Um, there mm -hmm. might also be higher protein requirements, again, just to help support muscle repair. Um, more emphasis on hydration and electrolyte intake too. So maybe more sodium requirements. 
Um, and also, again, making sure that there's adequate electrolyte intake to prevent any cramping or muscle uh, fatigue or dehydration too. Right. Um, runners might also need more, you know, vitamins and minerals um, just with that extra stress on the body. So, you know, oftentimes uh, maybe, again, more emphasis on making sure that they're getting enough calcium for their bone uh, health, uh, but also iron, um, especially in uh, female athletes who have menstruation, because right. there is definitely going to be uh, higher iron requirements there. Okay. Um, and, and so like for Jeff and I, maybe Jeff's got a better handle on it than I do. Um, for me, it's, it seems like it's like this kind of nebulous kind of black hole of information around nutrition and, and running specifically. Um, and so Jeff has been always like pointing me towards podcasts and, and talking about podcasts, uh, about that, that talk about working out and nutrition and what's needed. And there's a lot of different opinions. And so one of them would be like, you need to have eat before, during and after a workout. And, and then you have people who are talking about fasted workouts. You know, we talk about people who do fasted runs all the time. Like where do you land in all of that discussion? And, and what, what advice do you have for people who do do fasted running um, if you think that's a good idea, uh, I don't know. And and what about the you know pre, during, and post training kind of idea? What what kind of recommendations do you have for nutrition around that? Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see how it can be confusing because I mean, when it comes to the nutrition world, everyone seems to like to throw out their opinions. <laughs> so yeah. it can be hard to know what's correct and what's not. But in some cases, there's a lot of, you know, factors too, that maybe change what the recommendations might be. Mm. Um, I mean, when it comes to fasted training, um, you know, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of scientific evidence to support it. Like there's a, definitely more risk than benefits in terms of doing a fasted workout. Mm -hmm. um, I think also depending on what that workout might be and the intensity too, like whether or not you can get away with uh, consuming something before. Um, so, I mean, if you're just going out for maybe a 5k run or something in the morning, like something relatively short, um, mm -hmm. I know some people don't always maybe feel good eating in the morning. So maybe that's something that, again, it's just not really convenient to wake up maybe earlier to eat, or again, maybe it doesn't sit well in your stomach. Mm -hmm. A 5k run, I think would be fine. But, you know, if you're definitely going for like an hour run or doing something that's high intensity, like hill sprints or interval training, I mean, eating something would definitely be more beneficial in those cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, really depends more so on on the individual person too. But even with some of those challenges, like having maybe a more yeah, upset stomach in the morning or not a lot of time. I mean, there are some other ways of getting some fuel into that could be easier. So I mean, kind of liquid, getting more maybe liquid source of calories or carbs. Again, mm -hmm. I'd say so having something in your stomach's better than nothing. Um, but it doesn't always have to be like a, a giant, giant meal either. Mm. Um, I mean, when it comes to eating before a run, you know, generally, I would say, you know, within at least an hour before trying to have, you know, something that has a bit of carbs in it. So, I mean, we ideally want to try to get maybe 30, 30 to 35 grams of carbs, um, like an hour 
or three hours before the run, depending on the amount of time you have before that run. You know, if you have up to three hours, you can definitely include more of a meal in those cases, like more fat and protein. Like you could, for example, eat like a lunch and then two hours later go for a run. Um, But if you know that it's been a while since your last meal, you probably want to try to incorporate a little snack before then. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to be doing a longer run too, you might want to do something that's maybe even higher in carbs. So, you know, if you're going for um, like maybe a two hour run in those cases, you might want to get maybe more like 50 to 90 grams. I realize like saying these number of grams to most people, it's probably doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So I guess as an example, like something that would be, so an example of a a great like pre-run snack could be uh, like a banana or two slices of toast uh, or one slice of toast, maybe with some jam. Um, if you're really short on time, uh, you know, you could even get like a glass of juice or an energy gel. Those would be really easy and quick to digest. Um, and again, if you have more time, then you can maybe get into something that's a bit more carb heavy, uh, like a mm. cup of oatmeal or a bowl of cereal. Um, especially if you have more than an hour to let it digest, then you can probably get away with a bit more of that yeah, protein and fat in there too. Okay. Um, so like, would you, uh, would you buy into the idea of like carb loading before a race? You know how they talk about, like, they always have like pasta on the night before or whatever. What's, what's your mind on that? And, and is there truth to that kind of practice? Yeah. I mean, carb loading has been shown uh, to really help with improving, uh, especially in race efforts. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I would say, more necessary in longer distance running. So, I mean, typically for a half marathon uh, or like less, you're probably fine with just carb loading for one day. So maybe doubling up on the carbs maybe the day before. But with Mm -hmm. marathon or ultra distances, you know, even two to three days of uh, carb loading, uh, it really helps with topping off your glycogen stores, which that's what your body really relies on as its additional source of fuel through the runs. So, yeah, it can it can really make a difference. Okay, so what I heard, (laughs) Catherine, was you saying I can eat pizza two to three days every day before I go for a run. (laughs) That's, that's what I've heard. Now, is that pretty, is that pretty of, much? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I can't eat anything. <laughs> right. Okay. That's good. Good, good, good. Is, we'll get to this that. This is how I get along with people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So you were sharing some of, uh, some of your nutrition mistakes when you first were introducing yourself with your, with your half marathon. But what are some of the most common ones? And Jeff and I can probably share some of our, mistakes as well. Um, what are some of the most common nutrition mistakes you see in the running community? What do we what do we get wrong all the time? Well, I would say a big one is and I, I know we're kind of already talking on this topic, but kind of a fear of eating carbs. So um, mm. and, and maybe focusing too much on eating healthy. So, you know, and, and it doesn't maybe help that there can be a lot of people on the internet that are kind of doing those what and I, what I eat in a day posts and, you know, kind of trying to set an example, but they're all, not always good examples either. And 
knowing too that everyone's needs are different as well. But, you know, a lot of times I would say that, you know, there's a big fear on on eating, eating enough and eating enough carbs, especially, um, you know, for some reason, carbs get a really bad rep. Uh, I think especially when it comes to trying to lose weight in that, you know, kind of a fear mm-hmm. that it's going to contribute to weight gain. Um, but really, you know, again, kind of need to know that most of the time, you know, yeah, eating it, eating more carbs isn't going to hurt. If anything, it's going to make a really big difference in how you're going to feel and uh, how you're going to recover from your runs too. So yeah, I would say that's a, definitely a big one in there. And I, I'm just going to ask a quick question. When yeah. you're talking about eating carbs, um, losing weight, things like that, can you – I've done a lot of reading on the internet and looked at – you know, YouTube's a great place, but like you said, there's a lot of bad stuff out there and a lot of opinions. And one thing you hear a lot of people talk about is like complex and simple carbohydrates. And so can can you talk – I didn't. You didn't get a chance to prepare for this one. This is completely <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit about complex carbs and simple carbs? Is there one that's better than the other? Is one going to make me, you know, gain weight and one not? Like, what, how should you manage that when you're thinking? Because obviously, if you're in a run and you, you know, you're grabbing stuff at an aid station, as far as I know, and I could be completely wrong, you're getting mostly simple carbs at that point, like high sugars that are going to help you run and just go straight to your, you know, straight to your energy levels. But then there's obviously simple carbs. And how do you manage that relationship between the two? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, yeah, uh, I guess as a general context, like complex carbs would be more uh, carbs that have uh, like fiber in them. So they're more difficult to break down. Um, and this is maybe, again, where nutrition for running uh, can be different recommendations than the general population. But uh, when you're running, you definitely want to be consuming more simple carbs during those runs because that fiber that's in the complex hearts, uh, carbs, that's much more likely to give you some GI issues. So that's why you might see more, yeah, kind of simple, simple carbs, like more cookies or uh, granola bars or uh, candies even. I know some runners will actually yeah. eat candies as a source of fuel. I've done that before, actually. Yeah, that, was yeah, my, yeah. Uh, that was my first trial of uh, solid food on a run. Made a huge difference uh, and was really tasty too. So <laughs> there's that yeah. benefit. But uh, yeah, the simple sugars, we, when we're running, we want something that's really easy to digest because especially the higher the intensity of that run, the less uh, blood flow that's going to your digestive system. So that's where we're more likely to have digestive issues on runs. So the easier to digest, the more quickly it's also going to be absorbed as well. So that's going to help in, again, contributing to a higher spike in blood sugars, which your body will want to use up, again, as that source of fuel too. So, uh, you know, I would say, you know, general daily food intake, we would, of course, want to be focusing on more complex carbs at meals. So more, you know, whole grain, like if you're having breads, you know, or cereals going with the more high fiber whole grain options. But if you're focusing on eating before a run or during a run, I would say that's when you actually want more of the simple carbs. 
So even eating too much fiber uh, before a run can also cause some digestive issues too. So, you know, the raisin bran cereal, that may not always be a good breakfast choice in the morning before your run. <laughs> That's maybe where the brand... Rice Krispies or... <laughs> right, 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 right. Could be a better I don't option. think raisin bran cereal is ever a good option for for breakfast like that was that's the grossest cereal around i think like gross yuck. you don't like it no 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 that's anyway but what i do what i am curious to Catherine, is what was your go-to candy when you were trying uh when you're trying out candy on your run what was your go-to well, I actually only ate, I only did the candy once because that time I didn't have any gels or anything that I went to purchase. It was kind of like an impromptu, oh, I should try this. I'm going to stop at the store and buy some candy. I think it was kind of like Gushers or it was like a, nice. I remember it was a candy that had a lot of, of gel like in it um, consistency, which was good. But I realized that it was a little harder to chew. Like I've mm. I've definitely ran into that issue before that. Because I think on another run, I also, again, didn't come prepared. And I just went to a store and bought some candy. And that time I went with gummy worms or something. And I thought, never again. You need something that's definitely easier to chew. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The more out of breath you're going to be, the harder it is going to be to chew chew through that. So, Oh, man, that that is so true. I tried tried jelly beans one time. And Uh, that was like... I was choking. Like I would just inhale them while I was trying to run and it was like caught my throat. So that was a bad one. And gummy bears too were like stuck in my teeth all the time. So yeah, I totally, I can totally relate to that. Um, okay. So we, we, you're talking about, uh, like, you know, some of the nutritional things you can get like at aid stations or that, that we all go and buy, like your goose or your, you know, your, your bars or whatever. Um, we were wondering about this, whether that's based on like body mass. So like specifically they talk about how you need to have one like an hour or 45 minutes into training or racing. And like it says to consume those like 30 to 45 minutes in. So should someone like who's in the Clydesdale division, uh, like Jeff and I uh, maybe would, does that apply to us as well? Like, is that based on body size or is that like, one size fits all kind of recommendations. Yeah. So, I mean, the body size definitely has to be taken into account as a factor. I mean, those, those recommendations are, you know, general good starting points. I wouldn't say maybe to double, I think that may be a little bit too much. Um, But I mean, what I would typically say is, um, you know, kind of maybe start if you're if you're in someone who's maybe in a uh, larger body, um, you know, more likely you might may be on that higher range or that more frequent range, knowing that your mm-hmm. calorie requirements are going to be higher too. Um, but I mean, when it comes to fueling during the run, there's a few a few factors that also need to be considered as well, right? So there's, you know, how much calories you might be burning. Um, most people probably like consuming 200 to 300 calories per hour on runs, you know, that's often sufficient. Um, I mean, the the purpose of running, um, I mean, it's not really to replace calories burned. It, it's to uh, replenish your glycogen stores. So, so um, when your body's consuming carbs, it's going to so- store uh, carbohydrate in your liver as glycogen. And, you know, when you're running, especially on the longer runs, you know, that's where your body 
gets its energy source from. After about 80 minutes or so of running, your body run, often runs out of glycogen. Um, and then that's where you have to start consuming carbs as a way of replenishing that uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, prevent from kind of hitting, you know, in, in marathons, some people kind of use the term like hitting the wall. And that's mm-hmm. often when they run out of glycogen and, and just can't, you know, they just get really, really tired and can't continue or are having a lot of a harder time maintaining that stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 200 to 300 calories per hour, most people are good with that. Uh, I mean, one thing you need to also consider too is, uh, how, how intense your run might be. So the higher the intensity, the more calories or the more carbs you're ne- going to require too. Um, and you also need to actually train well train your gut as well to tolerate that fuel too so you know might be if you're not used to eating on runs you probably want to start with 100 or 200 calories per hour and and kind of work up to that maybe 300 calorie range if you feel you need it you know you might need to more so adjust it based on how you're feeling too if you find you're still getting tired on the runs then you can add more more after that but most Mm -hmm. people are usually fine with 300 calories or so yeah and so how would you measure intensity like something that's intense is that based on heart rate or is that based on elevation or is that based on you know how much you're sweating like how would you measure intensity I would say heart rate can be a good measurement. So, I mean, when you're kind of more in maybe zone two training, I mean, oftentimes with trail running, not not always, but I mean, oftentimes with trail running, there might be more hiking and stuff like that. So, I mean, in those cases there you might be, yeah, having a bit of a lower heart rate. So um, the more higher heart rate, the more, again, kind of glycogen you're going to be using up too. So, um I mean, that I would say can be a good general uh, factor to conclude in there. But I would say higher intensity runs would definitely be more like race efforts. So, you know, if you're really racing and kind of giving it your all, that's maybe where you want to be going for that higher carb intake Mm -hmm. Um, or, or again, kind of maybe adding a bit more than what you would typically do. But definitely always want to practice that you know, before the race, you don't want to, don't want to be doing anything new on race day, even, even all the food that you know is going to be at an eight. Like if you know in advance before a race, what food is going to be available in the aid station? I mean, it's good to kind of test that stuff out on your training runs, especially your longer training runs. Mm -hmm. Um, That way, you know, you know, again, what you can and and maybe so can't tolerate, but also kind of getting accustomed to tolerating that type of food too, especially when it comes to more real food, food choices too. Right. So would, uh, where would grilled cheese sandwiches fall into? Would that be like a complex carb or would that be a simple (laughs) carb? Because uh, grilled cheese sandwiches are a big fan favorite here at Chasing the Trails. Yeah, I mean, so grilled cheese. So if they're, I mean, made with white bread, it would be considered a complex carb, but definitely a maybe more higher fat uh, food option, which again is something that you can kind of train yourself, especially with those, uh, again, those lower race effort, uh, lower pace run efforts. I mean, that's maybe good times to kind of try out with a bit more fat um, in, in your runs. So I mean, kind of including things like grilled cheese sandwiches or peanut butter sandwiches. I mean, those can be good things to 
I mean, most of the time, they're not really there to necessarily give you much more energy on the run, but more so just to kind of satiate you too, right? Because if you're running mm-hmm. for 12 hours, 24 hours, I mean, you know, gels and candy and and juices, that's only going to take you so far in terms of filling right. you up as well, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, don't, I can't see a world where grilled cheese sandwiches are a bad thing. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's a wonderful... Uh, wonderful thing that we can include there. Um, so as we talk about like what we need as runners um, for, for our nutrition, um, are there like supplements that we need to take? I know you talked a little bit like about the calcium in particular and the iron for, for the ladies. Um, but are there things that, that we need to be taking to kind of help with some of the, the nutritional aspects of our diets that we're not going to be getting um, or will just having a good, well-balanced whole food kind of diet be able to cover most of the areas that that we would expend while we run yeah um i mean i would say generally speaking like i wouldn't think that supplements are required um you know especially if you're following like a pretty balanced healthy diet Uh, I mean, of course, there are definitely special considerations, like if someone were following maybe a bit more of like a stricter restrictive diet, um, you know, there may be additional nutrients or or supplements that may be required. But uh, I mean, in terms of vitamins and minerals, I wouldn't say that there are any that I would necessarily recommend unless there was blood work done or something to confirm a deficiency. So, you know, mm-hmm. for example, when it comes to iron intake, like I wouldn't recommend an iron, taking an iron supplement if you, unless your blood work showed that you had uh, a deficiency. Um, but I mean, it's not maybe a bad idea to make sure to, if you, if you can, if you have, you know, uh, access to getting that blood work checked. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Um, you know, especially if you are feeling maybe symptoms of, of a deficiency, like an iron deficiency in that, which, you know, that's, again, something that can be a bit more common, commonly seen in, in uh, female athletes too. But um, mm. in terms of performance supplements, I mean, there are some that have definitely um, been shown to, to perhaps improve performance. But I mean, the main recommendations would be, uh, you know, again, kind of optimize your training, uh, your nutrition, your hydration and rest, because those are the main factors that are going to have an impact on your performance. And they're definitely the more cheaper options too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Um, I wanted to ask you a question too. That's We, we didn't send this one to you. I just kind of off the cuff. And I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about just our, our mentality and our, our just the way we approach food. Um, like for, for some of us, like we were raised, um, like in my house, like there was always these processed foods that we would have had that growing up that now people would kind of say like, Oh, you can't, you can't have that. Like it's from a can or it's not like, you can't pronounce all the words on it or whatever. Um, and so we've kind of like developed, um, and, and maybe they aren't good for you. They probably aren't good for you, but you've kind of developed like this focus around what's what's a good food and what's a bad food and especially when you're trying to wrestle with your weight i mean the 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 focus is really like oh man i'm never going to be able to eat a bag of licorice or or whatever you know like can you can you just expand a little bit about what what kind of a healthy mentality do we need to have as we approach food um and in particular like to 
as a kind of a follow-up just even around stress and like even how that impacts what we eat. So could you, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, the way that we view those foods, you know, in some cases, it's not always maybe helpful. Um, you know, if, if the mentality is, oh, I can never eat this food again, or, or again, if you're kind of focusing on, on foods that you're restricting, I mean, in a way, I mean, first of all, you know, that's, it, it feels, it's not going to feel good knowing that you can never eat that food again. If anything, you know, it's just going to create additional stress kind of thinking that way, but it's also going to make you want to focus, focus on, you're not, you're just going to think about that food more. Um, mm. And then when you do have access to it, or you do, um, you know, if you're kind of wrestling with yourself on, you know, whether or whether or not to eat it, and then you finally do decide to eat it. I mean, that's when you're more likely to, uh, you know, maybe overeat uh, that food because you think, okay, I can never, never eat this food again. So, I mean, this is my only, only opportunity, you know, the diet starts tomorrow. Like, you know, this is the only time I can eat this. So I got to enjoy it now. And that's yeah. kind of like an all or nothing way of thinking. Right. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the thing with the all or nothing thinking is, uh, you know, sometimes it just kind of makes you, um, focus on on what you're restricting even more so making it a bit more difficult too um i mean w- what i often recommend you know if I'm, I'm if this is something that's brought up to me you know typically i would say it it can be better to to focus on what you're doing most of the time so i mean that's really what makes the biggest difference you know if you're eating healthy like 80% of the time and then 20% of the time is when you eat foods that maybe are more like yeah the purpose is really to just they're just there for enjoyment um because mm-hmm. we need we need to enjoy our food too right i mean that's it, you know it's not i mean of course it serves a purpose and providing us nutrients and that too. But I mean, food is also a big part of our, our culture and social life as well. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we want to also be partaking in maybe social events and a lot of social events can, um, you know, the, there is a lot of focus around food as well. So, um, you know, not restricting ourselves from maybe those types of experiences too. Um but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say kind of focus on what you're doing most of the time. So, you know, 80% of the time, you know, eating in a way that it feels good to you, right? I mean, feel, you know, you feel like you're, you know, most of the time making healthy choices. And then 20% of the time is when you, yeah, allow yourself to, to enjoy food and, and, and not worry about it so much. Because I mean, I think when we focus too much on, you know, especially a single ingredient or, you know, I think some people, you know, and again, the the media, social media doesn't maybe help a lot with some of these messages. But like the idea that any gram of sugar in a food is bad for you, you know, and this is something I hear too, like, oh, I can't eat yogurt, there's sugar in there, can't have milk, there's sugar in there. You know, I mean, you have to consider how the amount really it's, it's more in excess, uh, that for, perhaps it can become problematic too. And, and that's the same thing for all of, you know, all of those types of foods, you know, the quantity makes a really big difference as well. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I think kind of coming to a, a place where you feel like you're kind of at peace with your, with your food choices, but, you know, again, not feeling, uh, 
you know, eating in a way that feels like you're feeling restricted either. Um, but, you know, still kind of eating, um, eating well. And, and again, with your overall additional goals in mind too, right. And, you know, being healthy or perhaps setting a good example, uh, for your children. I mean, those, yeah, those all need to be kind of factored into, but, um, yeah. you know, healthy lifestyle isn't eating a hundred percent healthy all the time. Um, right. if, if that's, if that's a something that someone, and I, I often see that people, that's what they're trying to achieve, but like, it's not a realistic, uh, you know, thing to, to do. Um, and, and when it is, you know, it, again, it, it just creates a lot more stress sometimes too. Right. Uh, right. So it's not, not really sustainable either. Um, yeah. And, you know, with, with stress, I mean, stress definitely can have an impact, um, you know, on, on our food choices, you know, oftentimes, and this is actually something that I struggle with too, you know, when I'm stressed, you know, it it can be perhaps more, more difficult to, um, kind of maintain my healthy routine. So, you know, maintain my activity levels or, or, you know, maybe I'm more likely to opt for like a convenient option for a meal and not have those maybe veggies included in there, or maybe have a bit more, uh, sweets. But I mean, Mm. sometimes during periods of stress, you need to, uh, let go to of the idea of trying to eat perfect at kind of, Again, um, you know, I would say show show some self-compassion too if you're struggling through something too that, you know, that can be a common thing. But, um, I mean, it's also good to recognize, um, you know, especially if you feel like you might be overeating, kind of emotional eating, and and sometimes that doesn't make you feel good physically either, right? Um, I mean, you know, finding other ways of also coping with stress, um, or again, finding some, some, some activities or things you can do to help in managing your stress. Um, so then you're not maybe relying so much on, on those types of coping mechanisms too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. I think, I mean, the idea of self-compassion is one that just keeps coming up time and time again, uh, when it comes to the, to the running world and just allowing yourself to have some space to not, to not be perfect because you, like you said, it, it can be so confusing, um, about what, what to eat. Like you have some ultra ultra runners who are like, uh, vegans, you have people who are vegetarians who don't, you know, who don't eat carbs or anything like that. Uh, and then you've got paleo and then you've got all those guys. And so you're just trying to navigate your way through and and try and do the best you can and so having self-compassion i think is is something that that really sticks out for me uh when it comes to running yeah Um, so so let me kind of turn the corner here as we head for home and we've got you on this podcast and and we're going to take full advantage of this opportunity (laughs) to chat with you for our own selfish ambitions and and what we want to try and accomplish. Um, And and so I'm going to ask you with this last question, what advice uh, would you give uh, to guys like Jeff and I, or to, to anyone really doesn't, but us specifically, we're going to take this. Um, who want to lose weight and run. So, so Jeff and I were talking about this this week, actually, like Jeff has upped his mileage big time, getting ready for loony loops. And so have I, and we're gaining weight. Like it's going up. Like we can't, like, it makes no sense. And so (laughs) we're, we're trying to figure out if running is even what you should do 
to try and lose weight. Like it, it might be the worst idea. I don't know. Um, but how, so what advice do you have for us? And then how should we structure our diet to make that, that work a little bit better for us? So we, we're going in reverse right now. We want to get skinny. How do we do that and run at the same time? And we understand that you're not a magician. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we just have you here and you don't know us at all. Yes, <laughs> so, that's a you know, question to answer. You, you I get that. But do your best. <laughs> I mean, I would say, so I mean, it can definitely be challenging maybe to prioritize both at the same time, because in some ways they do, you know, again, I would say if you're, if you're focused on this one race coming up, you know, if you're trying to lose weight at the same time and cutting back, you know, realizing too, that if you cut back too too much, that might also impact that performance of that race as well. So, I mean, there may be times, for example, maybe where you want to focus more on weight loss when you're not like in a big training block as well. But I mean, for the most part, I would say the main thing is you want to make sure that you're, you know, not restricting too much and losing weight too fast. I mean, the the more you're going to restrict, the more likely that may backfire in, you know, more cravings, you know, kind of an insatiable insatiable appetite perhaps the next day so I mean you want to make sure that you're maybe losing weight at a slower rate so then it's a bit more easier to sustain um, uh, knowing that when you do increase your mileage your appetite may be a lot bigger too I mean I would say doing small frequent meals so again trying not to maybe skip meals or go long periods without eating because you're more be maybe likely to to get really hungry uh, at those times but you know making sure you're focusing on the complex carbs maybe in those types of meals so again kind of uh and and including of course some protein to also make those meals more filling um but uh Mm -hmm. you know if you're cutting i mean again i don't like to focus too much on on cutting and that but if you're cutting somewhere it's probably more better to focus in terms of like fat intake uh just because that's less likely to have an impact on your performance too right so i mean the protein and the carbs those those have a bigger impact on performance than fat intake does of course we still want to include some fats we don't want to go like on a fat-free diet or too low in fat but you know maybe that's where you want to be more careful with like fried foods or you know really high fat uh snack foods like potato chips um just because you know in some cases some of those foods may also not be super filling and then they're also pretty caloric dense too so i mean that might make it Mm. again a bit more difficult but i mean the main thing i would say especially during those big training blocks when you have like a race coming up don't stress too much about the race but you know again you know if you're if you don't try to resist your hunger either if you're hungry like make sure to listen to that and but you know again being intentional maybe too about most of the time you know including those you know kind of balanced meals um you know where you're you know including some protein some vegetables some fiber um yeah it can be really hard maybe to give specific advice without really looking at your diet and all that too but yeah Yeah. i mean i know it can be it can be hard to address and then of course you have to address additional factors as well when it comes to weight loss right i mean eating is only one part of the puzzle piece, but you want to also consider um, other factors too that can have an impact as well. 
Mm. Yeah. That's that's super helpful. And I appreciate it, Catherine, with you on the spot to kind of fix all of our problems in one in one question. Uh but uh if, if it I feel like my body has been preparing for the biggest race of its life here. So I, I should be all set to go for yeah for uh Looney I mean, you're gonna you're running twelve hours, right? Jeff is. is. That, I'm not. Okay, That's Jeff crazy. is. Okay. Jeff okay. Is yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I realized through much advice that if I was going to try to do 50K, that it probably wasn't going to happen in six hours. Because I was averaging 25 around there in like three hours and 30 minutes. And so, and obviously I'm going to slow down as I get through the higher end of that. Uh, oh, Yeah. So yeah, so you know, I knew I wasn't going to do it. So I upgraded recently to the twelve hour. So okay, Brandon you, did not. Do no. you have a fueling plan in place? I mean, so yeah, I mean, kind of, but not really. So I was about a week ago, and I said I felt like part of one of the questions we were talking about. I don't feel like I ever take in enough calories, right? Like, or enough salt. And so Mark recommended Pedialytes, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get some Pedialytes. I'm going to take that advice, and I, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I figure I'll take drink some the day before, and then obviously during the race. Um, and I find the easiest thing I process and enjoy a lot is maple syrup. So I was literally yeah. going to fill a flask full of maple syrup from my running vest um, <laughs> because I did the math, and a 500 milliliters of maple syrup is like 2,000 calories. So I was like, yeah. well, that. That should do it. That you yeah. know, if I, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna drink it all in one shot, but obviously, uh, throughout the race, uh, you know, that should be enough calories that oh, yeah. uh, you know I should I should be able to spread that out and make that work. And I don't find it ever gives me um, any issues. So when I was, I had been using uh, Endurance Tap at one point. It's just really expensive, and uh, and so I thought, well, I have these new flasks with my running vest. I'll just fill one with maple syrup. And so those were the two yeah. ideas that I've come up with thus far to try okay. to put put some calories in. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but the math works, and so I feel yeah. like maybe yeah. it makes sense. But I don't know. Yeah, no, you're I mean, really skeptical. I'm crazy. I don't know. The, the only thing saying. I'll say is you might get tired of the same thing all the time, so it might right. be good to do a variety too. Um, like there can be a factor where, yeah, your your taste, you know, kind of get tired of eating the same thing all the time too. Right. Uh, make sure you're getting lots of salt. Like you know, typically, I know we didn't really. I think I don't. I I had this actually written down as something to say. I don't think I got the chance to say it, but you know, 500 milligrams of salt per hour is generally you know what's recommended. Okay. Wow. Which is a lot. So uh you, you yeah. could add you could add some salt into that flask too. Like kind of I mean that's technically what the endurance tap is, is just maple syrup and salt. So I mean you can do right. that too. Or you can even incorporate like salty snacks, like some pretzels or something. Or okay. uh, yeah. I know some people will do potato chips, although keeping in mind there's a little fat in there too. So but I mean if you're also hiking and you know going at a lower intensity too, again, that's not really you know, you're not going to run maybe into too many issues there either, but. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, the Pedialytes would have quite a bit of salt in it, right? Like that's the idea behind it. Or... They do. Yeah. But I mean, you, yeah. you probably need a lot of Pedialyte to get like 500 milligrams. Really? Okay. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's like a thousand or 1400 in a liter. So I guess yeah. I would go through a liter quite a quite well, quickly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing like half a liter per per hour at which you probably should be um yeah. 
you know, that, yeah, yeah, maybe you'll be okay. Then. That makes it expensive, though, because it's like uh, 12 bucks a liter. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing a, a lot of PD lights if that's the case. But that's, I did not yeah. know that that was the number you're shooting for, right? Because I, uh, I usually use BioSteel, and uh, a scoop of BioSteel only has 140 milligrams. And so I would use that okay. in an hour. Yeah. in a one liter bottle and yeah. so i'd only be getting 140 milligrams which would be significantly less which would explain some of the cramping that i've experienced yeah yeah, yeah. i mean if you're having yeah. cramping that's probably a sign of an electrolyte imbalance too so i mean i'd say 500 milligrams is the general recommendation right. but it's actually very individualized unfortunately it's a hard thing to maybe calculate um you know unless right. you have access to like a laboratory that's going to measure that right. yeah <laughs> you're pretty much shut down the lab sorry <laughs> Catherine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I, it's not great. Uh, but I mean, uh, keeping in mind, some people are salty sweaters and maybe need even right. more than that, right? So, like, if you're, you know, if you do your runs and your sin, skin is really crusty, or your your clothes also get like there's a lot of like little white patches, or mm-hmm. even sweat like getting into your eyes running. I mean, that's a sign that you're maybe even a, a, a more sweaty salter too. A, oh my god a sweatier yeah. salt, a, a salty salt salt. <laughs> you can tell the hour's almost over here That's a salty yeah. sweater yeah if you're more of a salty sweater, you might need even more than that too. But that's often yeah. an area I think that most people might fall short, even myself included when I right. started running too. Um, I did find some gels that when I was running that actually have a pretty high salt amount in them too. So I've heard that, um, well, I've heard tailwind as well has a pretty good. Yes. I was just going to say, I think tailwind has a pretty high sodium content in it. And, uh, yeah, the, one of the ones I used to use was Humagel. Um, unfortunately they're kind of hard to get around here. I had to get them on Amazon, but they have one that's Humagel plus, and I think they almost had like 500 milligrams per, uh, per pouch or at least 250 they were like pretty high if you did like two an hour you were like all set for 500 milligrams okay, okay. yeah yeah i'm gonna check too i have uh, i have morton gels that i used when i did my iron man and i they seem to do really well but i never ever looked to see what kind of uh, the sodium content what sodium be. content is on them so maybe that was why i didn't cramp <laughs> during that half marathon and i have what everyone says and I've never thought of it, right? It's just not something you think about unless you're trained to think that way, right? Yeah. So, no, that's cool. That's good. Yeah, I the wonder pe- about salt tabs. I mean, I see yeah. lots of people take salt tabs. I wonder if that's a, that a more financially uh, feasible option, like just pop mm-hmm. one of those yeah. in. I don't know. Than a the, Pedialyte, Pedialyte, but- the Pedialyte also comes in little, like, powders, like they're like little stick powders. I don't know if those might be a little less expensive than buying them mm-hmm. pre-prepared. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I tend to actually use the Pedialyte quite a lot at work. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, with the, well, with some of my patients, but not, not runners. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. More, yeah. more sick, more sick patients. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah. So what we like to do, uh, Catherine, to kind of finish off each interview is we kind of do like uh, uh, some rapid fire questions. Uh, If you've ever listened to the podcast, we just have some fun, really quick questions that Jeff asks just to get to know you a little bit more as a runner and as an individual. Uh, And so we'll finish off today with that. So if you're up for it, we'll we'll jump into it. You good to go? 
Yep, I'm good. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> All right. Have you been listening to the podcast? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't somebody's. listened. I haven't listened since I knew it was coming on because I didn't want to stress myself. <laughs> so you've heard most of these questions before. Yeah. Yes, I did. That's yeah. Good. Okay. Well, here we go. Then you're extra ready. All right. So when you typically run a race, do you prefer an out to back, a point to point, or loops? I think I would prefer a loop. Are you doing Looney Loops? I am. Yeah, I signed Which, up. For yes. the, I signed up for the six hour. Six hour. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Good right. stuff. Took it. Yeah. Took it uh, smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I'm not sure this is a good idea yet. <laughs> I get stressed out more and more. Like we're a week away, like two weeks away, and I lose sleep sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So, uh, do you prefer to use a training plan, or do you just wake up and run what you feel like? I prefer using a training plan. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're the first one who has answered that way. Oh, really? Way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your favorite running shoes? Uh, it Right now, it's the Brooks. Okay. For, for road, for road. I, I, I've only tried ever tried one trail running shoe, so I can't really say too much on that. But right now, I'm running in the New Balance uh, trail shoes, which are also working out really nicely. Nice. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Uh, first thing a trail runner should buy other than shoes? Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to repeat some question, answers I've heard before, but a vest. That's okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or a hydration pack. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Do you prefer short races or full distance ultras like 50Ks plus? Well, I've never done a 50K. So, I mean, I think my level of comfort so far is more like half marathon type distances. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely like the idea of trying a longer run. So, you know, maybe, maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah. You make me nervous. You go out <laughs> run your first rate of 17 kilometers and then <laughs> you haven't done a 50 K yet. And somehow I'm going to try to do one. <laughs> You're well, screwed. I, You're I, screwed. I, no, I got injured. I got injured trying to train for a marathon, but. The issue was right. I also didn't do a beginner plan either. So I think there was many uh, contributing factors in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you recover from your injury well, and uh, we'll both do a longer run someday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not convinced I'm getting 50K anymore, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> favorite cross training? Uh, uh, strength training. Thing. Does that kind of count? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh. Would you rather run with a watch or without music? Uh, I would rather run without music. Okay. Yeah, I like to. Uh, know favorite distance. snack. During running or just general? Well, during running, I guess. Yeah, trail snack. Ah, uh, favorite trail. Uh, I actually love the Fig Newton bars. Oh yeah, those are there pretty go. good. Yeah, perfect. Like date squares almost, but in a package. Yeah, yeah. I, I like dates too. Kind of date stuff with nut butter with a little sprinkle of pe- of uh, salt. That too oh, also yeah. works. That's like a popular answer. Like we had another it guy is. that was talking about figs and dates and stuff like that. And I'm like, I've never even considered that, but yeah, okay. Well, they're pretty pretty easy to chew, like especially medjool dates. I mean, they're pretty easy to chew, but they're also pretty high in potassium. So I think that's probably a reason why they're so popular. Okay. Because we yeah, want that cool. potassium too, but. Okay. There you go. Medjool dates. We'll write that down. Okay. Uh, do you eat olives while you run? Do, olives? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. No. 
I've never tried that. Yeah. Okay. We had one guy whose favorite trail snack was olives, and I've asked everyone since if they eat olives while they run, and I just can't understand no, why you would I've, do that. But I've never, yeah. I've never heard of that. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like a pretty high calorie, like because there's a little fat in there, and then if it's pickled, it's salty. So there's lots right. of benefits to it. I could see. That's easy, the only thing I could think of. I can't see how you would enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. if you like, if you like olives, I guess if you like them. <laughs> I had them in a chickpea salad the other day, and they were tasty, but I couldn't eat them alone. I have I think, to have them with something. I think you'd get uh, tired of them for a while. After a while, I would think, yeah, for sure. Uh, Snickers or Mars bar? Uh, well, I actually have a peanut allergy, so I'll have to go with Mars bar. Neither. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mars. Does Mars have peanuts in it? No, it doesn't. No, yeah. Mars right. doesn't. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, gel or chews? Uh, I like chews. I like that. Hey, I, hey, I like the candy. One, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. And favorite energy bar? Uh, like a protein bar? Uh, an energy bar, or like while you're running, if you're eating a bar. I mean, you said fig bars before, but yeah, like what's your favorite protein bar? Uh, I, I guess I can't say I've really ever had one. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, that that's the peanut allergy issue uh, yeah, more so, but I think there's peanuts in it. I love I love bars, making so like. I love making energy bites, like kind of just, yeah, I guess a homemade version of a protein bar in a way, but. For sure. Yeah. yeah those are good. Yeah. Uh, and the last question I always ask is uh, best piece of advice for new runners like us, but you've given us so much advice tonight. That yeah, I feel like it would be a hard one for you to answer yeah. right now, I, unless I'm, you have something. Uh, there's nothing that comes to mind. I feel like I've, I'm kind of out of advice at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You did really well. I'm also, I was noticing, um, I don't know if I should be proud of your dog or embarrassed for us that he has more followers than we do on Instagram. Because <laughs> he does. So I didn't know. also didn't know that corgis could run trails. I figured the short legs would cause problems. But Yeah, no, he, we joined the uh, Port City Dog Runners, like, well, just kind of towards the end of the summer, and he did really well with it. He yeah. loves running. Like, he goes ballistic when we go running. You know, he barks for the first, like, 500 meters uh, just, that's awesome. And and he will try to bite us if we're going too slow. <laughs> oh no way! Wow, All we right. need something like that, Brandon. So yeah, I need corgis. We need corgis. Like as we go out, yeah. go out on the trail, just like have one chasing you behind you. <laughs> be awesome. Yeah, I saw there over three hundred followers. So we need to think of a, a way to get some more followers so we can get past May, uh, the maybe corgi. We, maybe we can do a collaboration. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. You could put like a little like chasing trails like bandana or something like that around his neck and he could be like a mascot. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> All right. There you that go. Good. Well, Catherine, thanks so much for taking some time uh, and sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, it's something we're going to be continually working on, but we can't wait to run with you at Looney Loops. And so we will see you on the trails. So thanks yeah. so much for taking the time to be with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. All the best. Well, that was our conversation with Catherine LaFort and uh, Jeff, I don't know about you, but that was just a, a lot of really good stuff to digest around uh, nutrition and what we're eating and how that impacts our running. 
Um, and so I guess, Jeff, what was one of your big takeaways from our conversation? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Catherine did a great job. We really put her on the spot with a couple of those, like, please yeah, fix all right. our problem questions. Yeah, she was awesome. She, was really <laughs> she awesome. took them really well. Yeah, yeah, she took them really well. Um, you know, and not knowing us from a hole in the ground, like right. the first time we've met today. Hey, right. fix all of our problems. <laughs> help us lose weight. You don't know what we're eating, who That's we right. are, or what we do, or how much we trade. We just told you we upped our mileage, which could have been from, like, two kilometers to three kilometers a day. <laughs> That's right. but anyway. Context is irrelevant. Let's just right. fix this. Just fix our problems. Anyway, she yeah. did a great job, which was, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, one of the things that I really liked uh, what she was saying and it kind of confirmed for me, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of YouTube, as I've mentioned before. And uh, recently I've been getting a lot of opinions on the, if you're trying to lose weight, and cutting while you're training for a specific race, you're probably doing yourself more disservice than you are good in the sense that like you can't lose weight and train for a long run at the same time. That's, that's been sort of the message or a long event or whatever it might be or hard event. And so uh, it gets discouraging sometimes when you look at the scale and you, you know, you're not going anywhere, but yet you're running, you know, the last four weeks I've been running a lot. And so for me, you know, to run 70 miles in four weeks, like that's a fair bit of running. And so, um, and not to have lost any weight and it's just kind of frustrating. But then, you know, even she kind of echoed those sorts of advice that, Hey, if you're cutting while you're training for a long run, a long race, like you're probably going to do yourself potentially more disservice in the outcome than what you're going to want anyway. So, Mm. you know, periodization of trying to lose weight, but trying to train for an event probably is something I should work into, you know, my training calendar more than I do. It always seems like I'm always training for something, uh, but maybe I should try to periodize that a little bit better. Yeah. And just like riff off that too, I thought um, just her talking about how carbs aren't the enemy, you know, like we, I think that's been probably like the biggest uh, shift in what we're hearing lately. Like they used to like take all the carbs out back and shoot them. Right. Like that's what, like get rid of the carbs. We hate those, but. Uh, now we're hearing more and more that, you know, carbs are actually your friend and you need that for those glycogen stores and all that kind of stuff as you, as you run. Um, and, and so I think for me, it was just like a reminder. And I think I knew that, but just a reminder of like, don't be so afraid of, of carbs and, and what that means for you as a runner. Um, it might be different for people who aren't active or whatever, but just as, as runners and performance is concerned, um, Mm -hmm like carbs are, are your friend. And so that opened the door for me to just really embrace the, the grilled cheese sandwiches and the bag of Doritos uh, at, at Looney Loop. So like for me, I've gotten the green light from health professionals now. So that to me, is kind of like well, that's all I needed. I just needed yeah. someone to give me some sort of little glint that this well, might be okay. Just a little glint of hope, right? right. <laughs> yeah. I also um, liked what she talked about, you know, if it feels good, try to eat before you race, like, or before you run. Yeah. You know, she, I mean, she didn't come right out and say it, but I mean, I feel like that's, I do a lot of fasted training. And mm. even even if it's like midday, like, you know, I'll skip lunch and be like, oh, I'll run first, I'll come home for lunch or whatever, and I'll always work out before I eat. Um, and my, my breakfast is obviously digested by that point, right? And so, you know, it's funny how you feel horrible afterwards and then you're like, well, I feel horrible because I, I didn't eat, right? But yeah, so I do a lot of fasted training, so I'll think I should try to 
change that. At least get something into me, uh, even if it's something light, like a banana, like she said, or something just simple, just to get some 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 carbs in before before I train. Yeah, I find it really hard sometimes when you have to get up early. Mm. Um, like I don't feel like I feel nauseous trying to eat at that time of day or whatever. But I think you're right, trying to get something in there, whether that's like a piece of toast or uh, you know. A half a bagel or something like that and a banana it's always seems to be the better the better scenario yeah. um my big problem in the morning is that i have my coffee programs to be there for me with a cup right. sitting beside the pot so when i wake up in the morning the only thing i want is a coffee and <laughs> i usually have two before i do anything and i just i just sit in quiet Hopefully my kids are still sleeping by the time i get up and i just sit there and drink my coffee right and then i never have time to eat because I, I don't even want to eat until I at least have two coffees. Like, that's my minimum before mm. my life can even – someone could talk. You can't talk to me before two coffees. That's just not <laughs> going to be good for anyone. So, anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, that she talked about that I thought was really – I didn't I never considered was, was about salt, like sodium content. Mm. And uh, I was saying to you offline that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure – I'm a salty sweater. Like you can just tell, like uh, my skin feels that way after a a longer run and you can see it on my hat or whatever. And so I I wonder that's going to be a crucial part for me um, going forward is just like how much that you have to take in as you run, Um, especially guys who are, who might be carrying a little bit more. uh, We sweat like a ton. So just trying to get that sodium level to a place where you're not cramping. So that might be like the cure all for, for your cramping problems that you're, you've been having lately. Yeah, maybe, man. I mean, I don't know. Like I've, I've never heard anyone really define like a, you know, she said an actual amount, you know, uh, milligrams. And I mean, I don't know that I can afford enough Pedialytes <laughs> for 12 hours. Cause you know, that's like $78 in Pedialytes. I guess I could afford it. My wife will shoot me, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, so maybe I need to look into some salt pills, uh, tabs that I can just pop and not actually have to eat anything, just pop a pill and, uh, and swallow it down. Um, so maybe right. that'll be, be something I'll look into. Um, I'm still going to bring some Pedialytes lights because Mark told me to. He said it's a game changer, and I'll take okay. every piece of advice I can get. So right. I'm going to do. So, so let's not let's not just skirt over the fact too that you are literally bringing uh, what is it a 500 milliliter flask full. <laughs> Full of maple syrup. Hey, she didn't right. say no. She didn't say no. She, you know, she could have looked at me and said, "You're an idiot." Yeah, that's You're right. Bring an entire flask of maple syrup. <laughs> but she didn't say no, man. It's all about the calories. So, uh, she did say I might get bored of it, which she's probably correct. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, might, man, one flask of maple syrup, 500 mils. This might label you as like the maple syrup man. Like you've got like this whole, you're going to have an aura around you. People are going to be like this. How did he run so well? How did he get that 50 K? And you'll be like the secrets in the syrup. Like that's a great advertisement for like big daddy's maple syrup or whatever it was. <laughs> whatever it was, it still is, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for those of you who don't know, Jeff has a, his own kind of like side hustle of, of maple syrup and uh, it's called big daddy's maple syrup. And so yeah, that's right. So you do be like a big walking advertisement for your maple syrup business. Like it's a win-win for you. It is. It's true. 
I'm like, <laughs> I just, I, I, it's gonna blow my mind. <laughs> just a big flask full of maple syrup. I'm, I'm, I'm still working it through in my mind what that's gonna look like. The look on her face when I said that. She said, "Do you have, a, do you have a nutrition plan yet?" <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna fill a whole of the flask of maple syrup. Oh man. You know what I should have said? I should have said this. I never thought of it until now. But like, you can, I'll, you fill yours with maple syrup. I'm gonna fill mine with Dr Pepper, and we'll have like, we'll have those as like our, our second one. Forget the tailwind. We'll have water and Dr Pepper maple syrup. That's right. Good it should go. be good. I, I can't see anything wrong with that nutrition plan, and I wonder why my pants don't fit. So. <laughs> Anyways, that is our uh, that's a wrap for our episode today. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to us, and and thanks again to Catherine as she shared so much information that's going to be helpful for us. Uh, unlike the advice that we're giving to each other right now, uh, but in the meantime, everyone keep chasing the trails. <laughs>